Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Predict the perfect score and win $50,000. We want more money. Presented by yeah, Deets Tractor. Yes, now and win at sasportstar.com. I would like to thank Tom Brady. Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time. On his podcast moments ago, Let's Go is the podcast. He said it was a good week for me, but I'm still going through the process. When the time is right, I'll make a decision one way or the other. He has not yet officially or publicly made a decision. So as a sports talk radio show, we get more days and days, maybe weeks (laughs) of speculation. Thank you, Tom Brady. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250 and 94.5 FM. Last time, we're going to be on 94.5 starting tomorrow. Find us on 103.3 FM. He is Joe Reinagel. I'm Jason Minix. Former Cowboy quarterback Clint Sterner, now with uh, Sports Radio 610 in Houston, joining us now. Uh, Clint, you think about Tom Brady. I, I, I was a little surprised that if he made a decision, if Shefty was accurate when he tweeted, and I still think Shefty is right, ultimately will be shown that he was right. It seemed like it was too soon after the season for that news to drop. Yeah, you know, that that seems like something that if it were going to be leaked, that um, it would be a more coordinated effort, given the fact that Tom Brady's out here creating Man in the Arena documentaries and all this. I mean, this is a... This is huge news, and it's even bigger to him than it is to us for once, right? Usually everything, every move he makes, we care a whole lot more than probably he does. But this is one of those moves where, man, I, I just, when it was first reported, I was like, man, please tell me that CBS Sports and, and, and Schefter at ESPN, they're not the ones that are, that are going to break this, the greatest of all time, retiring. And so um, – yeah, man, I just expected it to be a much bigger deal, and so I, I had my doubts uh, originally. Um, but it's, it's I'm, I, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm excited that that Tom's pops and now apparently it's first I've heard of that. Apparently, he has has um, made it official that he hadn't made a decision yet. I'm, I'm pumped for that. <laughs> He's made it official that he hasn't officially made a decision yet. That's public. <laughs> right, right, right. But I, I agree with you, Clint. I mean, it ought to be his decision to announce, right? I mean, he's earned that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you got to think. I mean, it, it's like who in who in their right mind calls Adam Schefter and says, "Hey, Tom's retiring." Like, I mean, is that is that the Buccaneers? Is that somebody in Tom's camp? Is that Tom's agent? And if it's anybody in Tom's camp, or you would think the Bucks are in Tom's camp too, because they want they want him to play as long as he possibly can. But who in his world? would leak that to, 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 to any national reporter like that. I, look, I love all those guys, but these national reports and all these, these per-source kind of things, man, 
I mean, they're getting that. They're really out of control this year with all the head coach stuff. Uh, the head coach, you know, can, all the candidates that are out there, and all the jobs that are open. But man, when it comes down to the goat, man, we we got to let that man call a press conference and let him announce it in whichever way he wants to make that happen. Clint Sterner joining us here on the Blitz, Clint. Two games yesterday, both winners were down uh, 21-3 in Cincinnati's case. uh, The Rams down 10 in the fourth quarter against the San Francisco 49ers. And both with uh, interesting quarterback play in the games. I don't know which one you want to start with. Let's start with the NFC. You know, I thought Stafford played a hell of a game. Lucky one wasn't intercepted, made him play on the next one. And Jimmy G, big moments, came up small. Yeah, look, I mean, it's unfortunate. I'm not a Tim, I'm, I'm not a Jimmy Garoppolo fan, and I think it is somewhat unfair to to start every conversation with, uh, you know, his his downfall or his his weaknesses. But hell, I'm going to do it, right? I mean, the first, <laughs> the first the first third down, you know, out of the gate on the first drive, he's got one of the best tight ends in the game open over the middle for a huge gain, if not a touchdown, and he misses him, and that's the story of Jimmy G. When you get to the Super Bowl or you get to the playoffs, typically those are the plays that that determine whether you win or lose cuz everybody's really good. Everybody's got good play callers. Everybody's got, you know, a really good playmaker out there. And if you draw one up to where a guy's wide open and Jimmy G misses him, you know, you 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 can't win ball games. It's ultimately going to bite you in the tail. Now, I will say this, I think both of these games where they're similar is you had San Francisco with a 10-point lead and the football, and they're one of the one of the, the better offenses, if not the best offense in the game, at chewing up the clock. At that point in time, you've got to think San Francisco's going to win that game. you got Kansas City up 11 with a chance to, to, to push it to 14 or 18 and get the ball coming out at halftime. you got to believe that Kansas City's going to win that ball game. And so both of them were, were games that I think even after the start, after the opening kickoff, guys, and you get into the end of the, the, the late in the first half or even into the third quarter, you can say that you pretty, pretty safe turning those games off and predicting the winner. And I'll be dang if they, they both games didn't get flipped on their head late, man. We have been blessed with some phenomenal football, guys. Yeah, it's been incredible, Clint. But I got to ask you, you know, we talk about Jimmy G and his mistakes, but look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes yesterday. That play at the end of the first half, I think, just kind of took something out of their soul because they came out in the second half, and Patrick Mahomes looked like a different quarterback to me. Yeah, that's what that's what a team that rushes three and drops eight guys into coverage, and now you're throwing into a picket fence instead of you know instead of wide open spaces. So, look, I, I think I think you've got um, nobody would, could have predicted the collapse of, of Kansas City, but but just to to, to put to put a uh, you know a, a bow on what happened to Kansas City, and they do this all the time, but they're so damn good they get away with it. The level of arrogance that the Chiefs play with, particularly offensively. And that Pat Mahomes plays the quarterback position with, ultimately, we accept it's bad football, but we accept it because they're so damn good at it. And when you look at the critical moments in yesterday's game, and I'll only beat this drum because I beat it from day one with with Pat Mahomes. It's it's a hard argument to win because they win so much and he's so good. But last night is it was showcased in a big way. The end of the first half, who snaps the football? 
with five seconds on the clock and then throws a pass to your third or fourth receiver in a progression to the four-yard line short of the end zone with two defenders out there to make the tackle. It doesn't get any more arrogant. Nobody does that. As a quarterback, football 101, take the snap, catch the leather, touch leather, and get the ball out of your hand into the end zone. It's either incomplete, you get the field goal, or it's a touchdown. Who does it? Who does anything other than that? The Chiefs. You look at the end of regulation. Pat Mahomes dropped back. He pushes up in the pocket hard. He looks over his left shoulder checking the, the, the pass rush. Looks over his right shoulder checking the pass rush. Who the hell does that? Pat Mahomes does it all the time. He had, They were on the four-yard line, guys. First and goal on the four-yard line, I believe. They ended up kicking a 44-yard field goal after being after luckily falling on a fumble because he ran backwards. And Who it does kind, that? And it kind of felt like they knew they were going to score a touchdown. They just didn't want to score fast enough and give Joe Burrow the ball back with any time on the clock. Yeah, I mean, but but it's it's I mean, but Jay, when you get down there as a quarterback, I get all that. You want to eat the clock up, whatever, however you want to do it. I'm fine with that. But you get down there, and it's rule of thumb. You get down there, you're in field goal range, you got points, the game's going to be tied, you've guaranteed overtime. What you can't do is have a penalty, have a turnover, or take a sack. And I'll be damned if Pat Mahomes didn't do two of the three 30 yards behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, who does that? A team that thinks that they can just go out there and end the game in overtime. And then in overtime, what happens? Critical moment, he throws the ball into double coverage to about a receiver that's about five foot four into double coverage. Gets away with it all year long, but when you got a good defense out there, you got a corner that bailed underneath it, and boom, the tip the tip becomes an interception. Those are all just a level of arrogance, guys, that they play with that we accept because they're so good, but it bit them last night. Yeah, it certainly did. I tell you what, but you're right. We had some great football the last couple of weeks. All right, I got to ask you about something I know you know something about, and that's the Houston Texans. Who's it going to be, hmm. Clint? Is it Josh McCown? Brian Flores? Man, look, I, 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 I would go with Brian Flores. You're talking about a guy that's got experience rebuilding an organization. He won 19 games in the last two years with the, with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he obviously could never figure out the offensive side of the game, but that's something that you could remedy uh, by, by an offensive coordinator hire, I would imagine. I, Brian Flores, to me, is the no-brainer. But the only way, guys, the only way that Josh McCown is in the conversation of finalists, which he is. He's in that bunch. The only way he's in that conversation, the only way you and I and us three can make sense of it, and hell, anybody listening more than likely, (laughs) can make sense of it, is that there is an unbelievable personal tie in the building. And that's well documented. Him and Jack Easterby go way back. And there is a tie that has not only gotten him an interview, but it's gotten him three interviews, and now they've announced that he's in the three finalists. And so, for me, I don't know how it's anybody other than Josh McCown if we're reading the tea leaves, but I'm gonna be, I want to be on record of saying that I think the best hire is Brian Flores at this point. I, I agree, although, you know, and it's hard to judge sometimes off of Twitter. The Texans' official Twitter account earlier today said they have completed discussions. Interesting choice of word, not interviews, but discussions with Gannon Flores and McCown, but then Mark Vandermeer, the voice of the Texans, also added in Kevin O'Connell, who's you know kind of busy right now. He's had the first interview, so I don't know if they're close or not close. Are they just trying to add more names to the list for discussions, or is it a discussion, and is that different than an actual interview? Well, the fact that we're having this conversation is one of my biggest problems with the Texans. Why, why they make very simple 
process is extremely difficult for us to even comprehend, much less follow, is beyond me. But the way that I understand it, the dust has settled. The announcement of Kevin O'Connell, which came first today, of the interview, they didn't, they didn't have a date on there. That is in reference to what Adam Schefter broke last week, which was the initial interview happened sometime last week with Kevin O'Connell. Why the Texans waited to the day to drop that information, I have no idea. The second, uh, the second tweet that dropped from the Houston Texans organization, so we say it's official when the Texans put their name on it. And, again, I don't know why they didn't say we've wrapped up our second round of interviews for our head coach position, why they say discussions. I have no idea, but since the dust has settled, I believe those are the three finalists for the job. So Kevin O'Connell, unfortunately, he would have been my number one. Unfortunately, I I believe that he is out of the mix, and the three finalists are Brian Flores, Jonathan Gannon, and uh, Josh McCown. And which, again, as I told you guys, I, I think I think Josh McCown gets the job somehow, some way. But I believe Brian Flores is who should get the job, if you ask me. That is unbelievable that Josh McCown would become a head coach of the Houston Texans. That's crazy to me. All right, I got to ask you this before we let you go, Clint. As far as uh, Deshaun Watson, what's the latest there that you're hearing? The latest we heard was a report dropped last week that they've they've deposed thirteen of the twenty two women uh, that that have have filed charges. Uh, I guess in, in uh, obviously civil civil lawsuits, um, and they've scheduled. The depositions that, that will take place of uh, Brian Burney, who is a marketing agent that apparently was involved in some of the tweets and, or some of the Instagram messages and calls, and then Quincy Avery, the quarterback coach of Deshaun Watson, which, again, is, is somehow involved in some of the Instagram messages, maybe a sit, setting up some of the massage, there, uh, massage sessions that, uh, that obviously went astray somehow, some way. Um, and and that, that was pretty much it. I mean, they, you know, that's, that's the update. Um, there was a tidbit in there from the attorney that said that uh, one of the women that, that is actually, uh, I, I guess, was involved with between the Texans and some of the scheduling of, of the, the massage therapist, she she pled the fifth on all of her questions. I don't know why he added that in there, but um, maybe to cast a little bit of doubt on the, on the process. But that's about it, man. I mean, not a lot of clarity to what's going on. I know Deshaun Watson is, is set to be deposed, I believe, late February. Um, which is really the big, I guess, the, the, the next domino to drop, if you will, that I think we all need to pay attention to because that's going to tell us, that's going to tell us a lot. And I think, I think it would be the end, end of the depositions, if you will. So, and as you know, guys, it's about a month and a week before the draft. So that's when things will get hot and heavy on the Deshaun Watson front. Well, absolutely. Get, yes. get, get all these to go away so he can get <laughs> traded and be fine. It's just like the owner of the Giants. Nah, man, we would never trade him with all the – oh, wait, nothing legal pending? All right, Deshaun, come on down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, look, I, I, I'm, I, I've been in that camp for a while, Jason, and you guys have covered the game forever. Is All of the smoke about – about a franchise and an owner and a front office not wanting to explain to their fan base how they how they acquired or why they would acquire a quarterback with that in his background. Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback when you factor his age into the mix. Um, and and it, it, boy, if you could get him at somewhat of a discount, and and the first time he won a ball game, that that fan base would forgive you real quick. So I, I think they're going to line up for him uh, once he does once he does get beyond all of all of the, the lawsuits. Uh, both civilly and, and I, I think you know whatever he's got going on with the with the complaints, um, 
with the HPD as well. I mean, he's got to get beyond all of that. But when he does, man, they're going to line up at his front door. Yeah, they are. And I think he'd look really good in yellow pants and playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> Nowhere near the <laughs> NFC East. Hey, Clint, before we let you go, man, uh, one of your former teammates is going to be on the show tomorrow at 530, some dude named Troy. Uh, get, give me a good Troy story that we could tell on the air since you were, you know, working with Troy back in the day. Um, how did How did he treat the backups? Well, he, you know, Troy treated me all right, man. I mean, he was the, – the the first thing Troy did was when it came down to the, the rookie hazing, which I, I wasn't caught in the bad rookie hazing, like when, when guys got – were getting taped to, to poles and things of that nature. <laughs> what, what they, wanted, they wanted me to buy the meal one night, and, and I think Aikman knew what my, my rookie minimum salary was going to be, so he picked that up. Um, you know, what, the, the best thing I've got on Aikman, other than just playing with, with the Hall of Famer and, and what that meant to me as a, a young quarterback, was was word got back to me that that, that he actually was the one that, that uh, connected um, with the Miami Dolphins and, and got me a shot up there, which lasted on and off for two years. And so I never would have thought Troy would have uh, would have extended that arm, that, that hand up, if you will, after I only spent one year with him in Dallas and – but but he did, man, and it, it, it meant a lot to me. And, and uh, to have a Hall of Famer reach out and, and keep me employed for a couple more weeks, was it, it meant a lot. I mean, every, that's about all I can give you that's PG. I mean, everything else i got <laughs> to keep under the hat now. Understand that, my friend. Understand that. Clint, always appreciate the time, man. We'll talk soon. You got it, brother. Y'all be good, man. Clint Sterner, former Cowboy quarterback, now hosting on uh, Sports Radio 610 down in Houston.